0: Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your kindness. Yes, Lord, even as we sang this morning, Lord, we just want to enthrone you. We want to pull down every altar that was raised to another idol. We will not lift up our souls, O Lord, to another idol. This morning we want to seek your face, seek you, seek you who is the fountain of the living waters. Every other is a broken cistern, O Lord, a cistern which can hold no water. And therefore this morning, Father, even as we meditate upon your word, speak to our hearts. Cause us to have a holy discontent. That we'll never be satisfied with you, O Lord. Challenges. Vet our spiritual appetites. Let there be a hunger and thirst for you. We thank you, Father, for this time. Speak to our hearts even as we study your word. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Father, grant us grace to chew on the meat of the word of God. Enable us to exercise our senses so that we'll be able to discern that which is good and evil. Grant us grace that we will know you a little more this morning. Teach us your ways, show us your paths. Write them on the tablets of our heart and on our minds and cause us to walk in your ways. Anoint us this morning in the speaking and in the hearing. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the blessedness you will find in Matthew chapter 13 is, don't have to turn there. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be satisfied. You see, uh, one of the things that you need to know uh, is that um, it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, if you don't have to turn that again, it says God has placed eternity in our hearts and uh, only He can satisfy us. And if you're there for the last Sunday's uh, teaching, there are only two options for a believer. Be content with the things of the world And be discontent about God. Okay. Alright. Or be content with God. And you'll be absolutely discontent about the things of the world. Okay. I'll tell you what. The the latter is dangerous. I'll tell you why. When you're content with God. And you're discontent with the things of this world. The more you indulge in the world. The lesser pleasure you'll derive from, from it. Okay. That is what we call as the law of diminishing returns. Okay. <laughs> the more you watch movies, the lesser you will derive. The more you indulge in any, um, what do you say, a drug? You know that's the reason why people when they get hooked onto drugs, um, initially they have a little bit of dose and they get a high. But to get the same high, they have to indulge more in the latter days of their lives if they get hooked onto it, and that is dangerous, and it's not going to satisfy. You. On the other hand if you're content with the things of this world and discontent about the things of God he'll keep on satisfying you and increasing your appetite at the same time. That is the beauty of God you see. That is the reason why he says blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be satisfied or filled. They will be filled. Okay. They will be filled. Okay. Um, like we heard sometime back no that uh, the guy who's in gatherings. 6,000 demons. It's a legion of demons which was inside of him. Because our soul is a spiritual entity, if you will. Okay. And 6,000 demons could not satisfy him. Okay. That means we have that, we are made for infinity. <laughs> that is the only person who can satisfy us is the infinite God. Because he made us in his image. Okay. So we, we we know that song, no? that hymn, He leadeth me, O blessed thought. And then he says, content whatever lot I see. Content whatever lot I see. It's a very powerful word when when you listen to those old hymns. He says, Lord, I put my hand in thine. Let me not repine. Let me never turn back, never repine. Okay. Content whatever lot I see. Content, whatever lot. And you know, the psalm writer will say in Psalm 16, My lot has fallen for me in pleasant places. What is lot? Those days, they used to put a lot. So it says in Proverbs chapter 16, The lot is cast in a lap, but the disposition of it is from the Lord. So what the psalm writer is saying is, Whatever lot you send it to me in your, from your from your hand, it is always going to give me pleasure. I am content with whatever lot I see. Your lot has fallen for me in pleasant places. And he says, I have an excellent inheritance. So only two options for a believer. Content with the things of world and discontent about God and therefore being filled with God. And God will fill you. Or be content with God. Sahal <laughs> You know, that's the statement that a lot of people have. That's enough for this life. And then what happens is you'll be discontent with the things of this world. And the problem with the things of this world, it'll never be able to satisfy. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Why? The all wisdom, as Solomon says, is futile. It is vanity. It is chasing after the wind. Okay. All riches. The, let not the rich man boast in his riches because all riches, Solomon will say, is vanity. Chasing after the wind let not the strong man boast in his might and he says i have seen a strange thing under the sun the 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 the, the victory is not for the strong right he says that something like that something to that effect hmm? the victory the, the race is not for the swift and the victory is not for the strong and all this he says is a chase chasing after the wind so but one thing you should be really really content about is that uh, you should boast about is that that you know god you know him the knowledge of god Therefore, what are the marks of, how do you know that you are really progressing in your walk with the Lord? Okay, if you have to put a thermometer, like we get enter into uh, any place now, then they put a thermometer to see whether we have temperature. What is the, how do we know, what are the symptoms, if you will, or the characteristics of a man who is, who is growing in the Lord? The, one of the marks of true spiritual growth is that we have a holy discontent. We want to know God more and more. Like we heard yesterday, no, um, we every we should have a dream. Like like uh, uh, what's his name? Gideon had a dream. There's more to life than this, Lord. Okay, we have heard about your, what you did for, to our forefathers. Where is the Lord? And that's that's his complaint. That means he has deep down inside of his heart. There's an, there's a spiritual intuition, if you will, telling him that there's more to life than this. Okay. I cannot, I I mean, this life of constant defeat. I mean, sinning and and repenting and turning back, there's more to life than this. No? Um, Holy discontentment. What I'm experiencing now is just a small thing of what I'm capable of experiencing. You see? See, there's a limit to how much we can push things into our mind. After a while, you can give up, no? Now my daughter is a little young, so I try to push her and you know make her do math and stuff, no? There's a limit to uh, to how much I can push her, but you know, there's a limit. There's no limit with God. See. So if you'll turn with me to Psalm 63, look at what it says in verses one to five of Psalm 63. Look at this remarkable um, Psalm of this is a Psalm of David. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. When will I seek you? Early, meaning not just early in the morning, early in life. Okay, not when I grow old and become 40 like me. (laughs) That is not when I'm young. Okay, so we have a lot of young people over here. okay? Okay, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. See that is that's like a parched soul, no? We we can all uh, live without food for for definitely for a few days, but how many of us can live without water is impossible. After the time, after a time, there's an urge to quench my thirst, quench my thirst, especially if in if in summer. The one thing that satisfies you is not Coke or Pepsi; it will only increase your uh, thirst. It's only water, especially if you have water in that matka. No? If you have that kunda, it's called kunda, in that, in that pot, in that, uh, in that, uh, what's, it, what's it called, uh, clay pot. The, the, when you store water in that clay pot, the taste of the clay gets into the water, and when you drink it, ah, ah, ah. That, that That is, that is what he's talking about, no? That's a picture that he's trying to put over here. He says, the thirst, thirsty land where there is no water. I mean, we don't have that now, we artificially, uh, we, it's not extremely cold water, but, Cold water. No, so what I do is that we have ice in our home. It's a big uh, uh, chunk of ice. And I pour hot water into it. Just wait for a while. And then pour it back into my bottle. And I drink it. Boy, satisfaction. See, that is what he's talking about. So, I have looked for you. Where? In the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. This is what David says. You know, one of the reasons why David is called a man after God's own heart is because he had this desire for God's sanctuary. From when does he have this desire for God's sanctuary? You will ask. Do you want to know a secret? Psalm 132. Let me show you. This is what we call the Psalm of Degrees. Thus, What did the youthful heart of David yearn after, if you will? This is what it says in Psalm 132. 132. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. And he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Okay, he he vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. What did he vow to the mighty one of Jacob? What did he vow to the mighty one of Jacob? Look at the next verse, verse 3. Surely, I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord and dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. No, no, you will say, when did this, when did David have this desire for the sanctuary of God? When did he say that the ark of the covenant should find a resting place? When, when did he have this heart? When did he have this yearning in his heart? What, what, which, what was his age? Verse six. Behold we heard of it in Ephrata. Where is Ephrata? In Bethlehem, the place of David, when he was uh, was taking care of his sheep. We found it in the fields of the woods. No, like the Holy Spirit is saying this is the record of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is searching, searching, searching all around the world. And and then he looks for David and this guy has got his heart, youthful heart. When he's singing his songs in, when he was uh, in Ephrathah in the woods, when he's taking care of his sheep, he says, Lord, your sanctuary, your ark should find a resting place. This is a desire of David's heart when he was young. The youthful heart of David. You know, I got this when I was reading David by A.W. Pink. David by A.W. Pink. And never saw any man of God giving this kind of an insight. When did the, when did David's heart yearn that he should find a resting place for, for the sanctuary of God? When he was in Ephrata, in the woods, the Holy Spirit was listening to his songs. And what was David saying? Lord, I will find, I will, I will take no rest until I find a resting place for your sanctuary. And David and God said, man, after my own heart, come on, Ray, you come and become the king now, you see, you see, therefore he says in Psalm Psalm 63, verse 2 onwards, yeah, because so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory and verse 3 will say, because your loving kindness, thy loving kindness is better than life, beautiful, no? The word for, uh, uh, loving kindness is chesed in Hebrew, which means, uh, a covenantal relationship. You see. When you get into a covenantal relationship with somebody, okay, like, uh, just in the Naivi, we used to quote, um, long distance courtship, no? When I was in Canada, three and a half years, we were yearning for each other. Okay. The person who came to visit me when I came back to India, not my family, it was Jacinth. Early in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, the flight landed in Hyderabad airport. And I come out, finish the immigration and I come out waiting for me is on the other side is Jacinth. You see, it's yearning. My heart yearns. It's a covenantal relationship. You see. Because your loving kindness is what? Better than life. My lips shall praise you. Can we honestly say, Lord, life better than life is what? Covenantal relationship with you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift my hands in your name. Verse five. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. No, what is the most tasty part in a in mutton? Ah, every, how many of you like marrow? I love it, and and of course I'll not get it because I have other competitors in my home. No. <laughs> so my soul is satisfied with what? Marrow and fatness and what is marrow and fatness? knowing you and being satisfied by you in a covenantal relationship your loving kindness is better, this is what we call as holy discontentment what did you not achieve David? got the throne You got everything. But Lord, until I find a resting place for your sanctuary, and a resting place, I'm living in this palatial home, Lord, but I want to find, I want to construct a home so that you can come and have a dwelling place. What's the whole point in me having all this palatial comforts when you are there in a tent? And therefore, you know what is he he going to build? He's rebuilding the tabernacle of David and not the temple of Solomon, my dear brothers. He's not building the temple of Solomon. God is gone as we heard. It's over. What is rebuilding is a tabernacle. He is, this is a man after God's own heart. And when Holy Spirit is scanning all around the world, he sees one young man singing all these songs and he's saying, you know what, Lord, (laughs) I I should find a resting place for you. Understand this. Therefore, you know, the heart of the, the eyes of the Lord, are running to and fro and looking for one man whose heart is what? Stayed upon him. Perfect or loyal towards him or perfect towards him or complete towards him or peace, which is at peace with him. Excuse me. Another bunch of crazy lovers of God, if you will. Hmm? I don't even say crazy lovers, lovers of God. Okay, they are not. So that's the reason why in last days what we have, we have lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, but we don't have lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, lovers of self, but no lovers of God. And that's the reason why it says in the last days, what times will come? Perilous times. Other 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 translation. I mean, the exact word is uh, uh, fierce times will come. Other translations will use the word times of stress will come. You know, we are all living in stressful times, no? Absolute stress. Everywhere there is stress. Economic stress. Uh, medical field there is stress. Insurance field, there is stress, economic field, there is stress. Everywhere there is stress. Family relationships, there is stress. Hostels, there is stress. Everywhere there is stress. There's tension everywhere. In this, you have done foolishly. Okay, so understand. So there are another bunch of crazy lovers, if you will. They are called the sons of Korah. This is what they have to say in Psalm 42. Look at what it says in Psalm 42, verses one and two. <clears throat> we know this song very well. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. kya No, no. You should. You need to understand. The picture is in summer. In summer. All the animals, you know where they are found? Near the water. And and guess who is having a field day? Crocodiles and lions. Because they know that all the animals will come to the water place in summer. So nicely those fellows are waiting. Crocs are waiting inside, crocodiles uh, and uh, and uh, lions are waiting outside. And what are what are coming? They have to. It's inevitable. They have to come. And they have to literally risk their lives to come and have a drink of water. You should see National Geographic. Okay, I mean uh, the predator and the prey is is, is remarkable. And how these uh, these vegetarian animals. Herbivorous animals. <laughs> uh, they, they risk, literally risk their lives to come and drink a one, a little bit of water. So it's not easy. So what does, what does it mean? As a deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you. Oh my God. I mean, I'm ready to take any risk, if you will, so that I can get a drink of water. And he says, my, Soul thirst for God. For the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? This is remarkable. You know, why this is, why is he saying this? He said, this is because the Levites had a very simple, very interesting office. What is the Levites office? They were supposed to go and lead worship or, or they were supposed to go into the holy place depending upon which tribe they belong to and do a different kinds of duties. But because the Levites tribe was so huge, Number of levers was very huge. What they were divided into, they were divided into 12 groups. Okay. So every month, one one group would go into the sanctuary and do their service. So for, for a guy to go back into the sanctuary, it will take almost an year to go back to the sanctuary. And this guy says, <laughs> Lord, one month I enjoyed your presence, now it's over, I'm going back. Bah, another 12 months, I have to wait to come back again. You understand what I'm saying? You see, for us, No, it is every day. Okay. Access is so free. Okay. If we sing that song, no? All hail the power of Jesus name, let angels prostrate, prostrate fall. Okay. All hail the power of Jesus name, let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Who's prostrate and, who's prostrating and falling? The angels, and we are commanding. Let angels prostrate fall. What about you? We will stand very tall. No, please don't, don't ask us to prostrate and fall. Please, okay, okay. We will command the angels, you fellows. Go, come on, prostrate and fall. But what about you? You say, bring forth the royal diadem. And cry. why, why, why does this happen? I'll show you. Turn, turn to Isaiah chapter twenty-eight. What happens here? Huh? Isaiah twenty-eight verse five onwards. Okay. 5 to 10, 6 verses. Hmm? 5 to 10, 6 verses. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of the beauty to the remnant of his people. This is uh, Isaiah chapter 28 verse 5. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be a crown of glory and a diadem for the remnant of his people. For a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. kya baat Okay, look at this, look at this, look at this, go back, go back, go back, go back. Let's read read verse 6. For a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment, and for strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. Okay, and then go on, go on. So many things. But they who have erred through wine, and through intoxicating drink, are out of the way. Who are these fellows? The priest... And the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. They are swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. And what wo- goes, wo- goes on. For all the tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. What is happening to the priest? No, he finished his service after uh, one month. No, 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 like the sons of Korah, what are they saying? Lord, when, may, when will my turn come again to come, come back to the sanctuary? These fellows are saying, Baba, it's over, one month is over, full of service is over, now let me go back and enjoy. He goes back, goes back and he enjoys. And what happens? He's full of intoxicating drink. And what he brings back when he comes back, comes back the next time to the sanctuary is vomit and filth. Whom will really he teach knowledge? And whom will really he make understand the message? Those just stream from the milk? Those just drawn from the breasts? For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. You see, so I'm not going into the details of this particular verse. But one of the things, if you are truly, truly, a genuinely a child of God, deep down inside of your heart, you will have a desire. You know what? Lord, there is more to this. Than what I experience what I'm experiencing now. It's what we call the pursuit of God. You know, A.W. Tozer's wrote this a fabulous book. Every time you read it, you will have to have tears in your eyes. Not because uh, what it does is it convicts you so much, and you have to cry this Lord, where is this? Where is that holy discontentment gone? You know, when I was listening to last Sunday's message, I was really convicted. One of the things that we, we that we are satisfied with is like we're satisfied with our spiritual walk. Satisfied with the revelations that we have got. And what we want to do therefore is wet your appetite. W-H-E-T, not W-E-T. W-H-E-T. What does wet mean? To sharpen your senses for desire. That is wet. To sharpen your senses for desire. So if you have been genuinely born again, there is something that happens deep deep down inside of our hearts. A desire to know Him. Since we have tasted his goodness, okay, we have tasted him no once you have tasted him, one more one more one more one more one more one more 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 okay now that's what uh, happened with Halim no? in our family. first when they saw the paste, they said, "He, I said, no, one one taste, and after that, now, they eat more Halim than our brothers. <laughs> or Abrahamic brothers. <laughs> you know there's a there's a saying in Telugu, Ur no? Urla So when there is when there is a function in the city, who's very who's very excited, The dogs are excited, no? Uh, it's something like that. Something like that happens. No, no, there is Ramzan going on, who's excited? All the believers are excited. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. A desire to know him, because we have tasted his goodness. I'm, I'm not. I'm not uh, script, uh, speaking outside of scripture. If you turn with me to First Peter chapter two, if you can put it in NIV. I love this translation in NIV. It's nice, very nice. Verses one and one to three, bro. One to three. Therefore, rid yourselves with all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy. Envy and slander of every kind. Okay? <laughs> Rid yourself. Because these are all, what do you call, uh, uh, obstructions to desire. Hmm? Like newborn babies. What should you do? Crave for pure spiritual milk. Okay? How does a newborn baby cry? Every two hours. Wah, wah. And it will not stop until it finds the nursing. The nurse rather, the mother. No? Once the mother puts her into the bosom, that's it. Immediately it's quiet. And it's like, just gorging out every bit of, every ml of milk that she can get, no? <laughs> like newborn babies crave for pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up where? In your salvation? No. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is Good. It was the goodness of God that led us to repentance, right? It is if you have tasted literally that the God is good. What will happen deep down inside of your heart? Lord, I want to know you more. Every two hours, I want milk. What milk? Pure spiritual milk, not diluted milk. Okay. Now, we want arogya only. Not oh, the latest brand. I like Arogia simply because it is not very expensive, but at the same time, it is good quality. <laughs> okay arogya so this is something which all of us have to desire and why why what is the reason if you turn with me to first peter chapter 1 verse 23 to 25 and then of course um why because having been born again not of what what seed not of corruptible seed or the translation of course is um uh, is, uh, other translations will use a perishable seed. Okay, but by the imperishable or incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides what lives and abides forever. There is the Word of God. You've been born. So what satisfies you is the satisfies you is the Word of God. Okay, because all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is as a flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, and the Word of God remains forever this is the gospel that was preached to us was 25 verse 25 okay but the word of the lord endures forever and this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you and therefore crave for pure spiritual milk know you are born again into a living hope through the resurrection of jesus from the, from the dead and therefore what will happen automatically your appetites will start changing your desires will change and one thing that one and only one thing which will satisfy you is the pure spiritual milk of the word of god and tell you something What a believer you see, uh, yesterday, yesterday <laughs> I liked something what pastor said, no? He said, um, uh, the enemy doesn't trust you. Because when you go, <laughs> the enemy doesn't trust you. God also doesn't trust you. <laughs> because God will not, you know, uh, it, it says in uh, John's Gospel chapter 2, he did not commit himself to them because he knew what was in man. And he did not know, he did not want, need man to uh, praise him. On the other, end, God does not trust you. <laughs> when you go into the world, the enemy doesn't trust you. So, <laughs> where are you? ka kutta na, ka That's what happened. No, I can't translate it into <laughs> English. <laughs> Subtitles only have to come. No, you are neither there nor you are not here. You are right in the middle. You are neither cold nor hot. You see. So. There is something that which we cannot manufacture in ourselves. This is, this is something which we cannot manufacture. It is, it, this happens because of new birth. This desire for craving after God has happened because He sought us first and put in, our, in, in us that desire through the born again experience. So if you know, if you want to know genuinely that you have been born again, one of the things that you will know is like, I want to know God more, more. I'll not be satisfied with anything else other than knowing you. Okay. There is a holy seed that is inside of each one of us that will desire God and will not be satisfied with any other thing other than God. It's not about God, it is God. God and God alone. Okay, This is life eternal that he shall know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And this is something which we need to understand. Therefore, in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18, we know this very well. If you have to grow up, no? What should we grow in? We should grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of knowledge, knowledge of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. So, what hinders this hunger? What hinders this hunger, or what hinders us from seeking out God? It's something which we need to understand. We'll look at that today. First Peter chapter two verse eleven. Hmm? First Peter chapter two verse eleven. <coughs> it says, "Are you there?" Uh, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Um, can you put it in the ESV if you don't mind? Exiles, I think, if it says. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Exiles means those who are in prison. Okay. Those who are in prison will never complain about food for a thing. If you have your, I've gone to Charlapali prison once. Okay. We went to meet the believers in Charlapali prison. Okay. And one thing that they never complained is that we don't like the food in prison. They never said that. They're very happy (laughs) with whatever they got or whatever they did not get. No? If you remember there was a movie called Shoshank Redemption, no? The first scene of this guy when he goes for food is that there's a worm which comes out of the food like that. Okay. Okay, he's, he gets the food on his plate and the first thing he sees one worm coming out of the food like that. And there's a fellow prisoner, he's a little shocked because he's lived like a you know, like a king Maharaja outside. He's come to prison, not because he committed a crime, because he has been wrongly convicted. So he looks at the worm and he's wondering what to do with this. And there's a fellow prisoner and he says, uh, are you planning to eat that? He asks and He says, w-. he says, I don't know. And he says, can you give me that worm please? He's shocked. Why is he asking the worm? Is he going to enjoy the worm? He didn't, he didn't know. So he says, so, so what does he do? He takes the worm and gives it to him. So that guy has got a pet bird inside of his, uh, his jacket, so he takes the worm and feeds the bird. Early early bird gets the worm finally. <laughs> See, this is this is prison. Prisoners don't complain about food. Okay. Prisoners don't complain about phone. Prisoners don't complain about clothes. Prisoners don't complain about beds. Okay. Please don't prisoners don't complain about AC. <laughs> they don't complain about what? A C. Nobody complains whether it is hot or cold. Nothing. Okay, because we are all um, Sukumaris, no? Sukumari. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll show you what what we are. If you turn with me to Jeremiah chapter, um, just give me a minute, please. <clears throat> the daughters of Zion. Hmm? Jeremiah. Oh <laughs> uh, Lord, I hope I'll find it. It's delicate. It says. Uh, I think it's chapter 8 or chapter 9, okay, mm. oh. I, think, I don't know, 6-2, uh, uh? okay, thank you, yeah, 6-2, thank you, <laughs> Jeremiah 6-2, thank you, the lovely and delicately bred I will destroy, the daughter of Zion. What is she? She's is lovely and she is delicately bred. She is very, very delicate. Who's that? Daughter of Zion. No? Huh? No, one of the things that you we know that you know a mother uh which is really a worker at home, you shake her hand. Hmm? And then you'll know, you know? It's, she's been working like anything. You know what happens to her her uh her hands? Well, it's very rough. I know a few sisters in our home, and whom I shake hands with. I know they work at home very nicely. Okay, they're not delicate. (laughs) Okay, but daughters of Zion, what are you a delicately bred? You need AC, okay, all the time. Okay, I'm I'm just no nothing against AC. Okay, I also use it. No, no, don't, don't, uh, don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is that oh, a little bit of discomfort we are. But he says, as sojourners and. Pilgrims, look at what it says, sojourners and pilgrims, let's go back in 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 11, I urge you as sojourners and exiles abstain from fleshly lusts or passions of the flesh which wage war against the soul. What should be the soul satisfied with? With marrow and fatness from God. And what kills the appetite for the soul for marrow and fatness from God is fleshly lusts. Leon Trotsky, okay. Leon Trotsky he's not there in scripture, okay. Leon Trotsky. I'm quoting him because he has got the same birthday as mine, okay. November seventh. He was born at least hundred. I mean, exactly hundred years before I was born. Leon Trotsky was born, hmm? and he made a very powerful statement. This is what he says: "You may not be interested in war, huh? You you may not be interested in war, but a complete sentence now. You may not be interested in war, yeah." But war is interested in you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You may not be interested. You are like a oh, casual Christian, are Bindas, no problem and content with my spiritual life. You are happy about it, but you know what? There is a flesh inside of you who is warring against the spirit. There is a world inside you which is warring against the spirit. There is a devil inside of you which is warring against your spirit and your soul. And you're saying, I'm not interested in war. I have, have truce, peace. No, 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 no. There is no peace, Baba. That's what Leon Trotsky made a powerful statement. I heard this. I was like, boy, this is so powerful. He says, you may not be interested in war, but definitely war inter- is interested in you. And that's exactly what happened to David. David said, ah, I'm cool. I'm not interested in war now. I have fought enough, fought sufficient number of battles. What have, what happens? The moment he says, I'm not interested in war, war gets very, very, very much interested in him, you see. And what happens? Be careful. If you're thinking that you're you that you stand, lest you fall. The only person who will never fall is the one who's already fallen on his face before God. Even kneel down, you can fall. <laughs> no <laughs> one thing you push and you still you still fall. But one guy was right absolutely on his face before God. Guys are safest. Okay. Therefore, 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 my dear brothers, there is a fleshly lust which is warring against your soul. Now, when you think about fleshly lust, a lot of people think about pornography, ex-rated movies, etc. 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 Drinking, etc. No. One preacher, I don't want to name him because I'm upset with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one preacher, okay, <laughs> one preacher made a very powerful statement. Again, look at what he says. Okay, I, I I take from everybody. Okay, I don't have any problems with anybody because it is inspired by the Holy Spirit through that vessel. The vessel may be doing something stupid, but in as far as the word is concerned, I want to take the word. Okay, a lot of people they get upset with the messenger and forget the word, forget about the word. You can be upset with the messenger, but what about the word? You are after the word or after the messenger? It's a question. Anyway, so look at what he says. The greatest enemy okay, the greatest enemy of hunger for God is not poison. Okay. Poison will kill you. Okay. The greatest enemy for your hunger for God is not poison but apple pie. Ah. Okay. Sweet. Okay. It is not the banquet of the wicked that dulls our appetite for heaven. But endless nibbling at the table of the world. Endless nibbling. Meaning, uh, one cinema over here, which is clean, according to you. One web series over here, which is clean, according to you. One T20 match over there, which is clean, according to you. Hmm? Uh, One uh, championship EPL over here, which is clean, according to you. Constant nibbling, 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 nibbling. What happens over a period of time? Your hunger for God, bushkaki. It is not the X-rated video, but the prime time dribble of triviality we drink in every night. Prime time dribble of triviality. Yeah, words? These are words which you have to literally, you know, gorge it up. You should become a, what we call as a, a glutton for the printed word. <laughs> you see, you've taken everything that inspire, is inspired by God. Now what is he saying? It's the nibbling at triviality. Constant nibbling, nibbling, nibbling. You waste time about What we call as small talk. Which is useless. So he says, the greatest enemy for hunger for God is not poison but apple pie. Next time you eat apple pie or pumpkin pie or whatever pie, remember this. They are all parables, you see. So your eating exercise also is a spiritual exercise now. Praise God. See, that is the reason why it's not the bad things that are essentially enemies for hunger for God. It is good things, ostensibly. Look at what it says in Luke's gospel chapter 14, please. Luke's gospel chapter 14, verses 15 to 20. Luke's gospel chapter 14, verses 15 to 20. Hmm? Okay. Are you there? Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat the bread in the kingdom of heaven. Aray Baba, you forgot your uh, ancestors or what? They said, what? We cr- nicely remember the, man- the, what is that, the fish and the garlic and the lemons and the leeks and everything that we ate. Really? <laughs> and what is there before our eyes? Pa every day, Manna, manna, manna. In Telugu there is a, there is a saying, moham motte sindi. Okay, moham motte, motte Abha, the same old, same old, same old. Be very careful when you lose appetite for the word of God. It's a parameter for everybody. The preacher and the listener. So what he says, blessed is he who who shall eat the bread in the kingdom of God? So immediately Jesus puts a parable. He says, Okay, 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 let me check. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. In that great supper, certain man, great supper, those days, great supper means they had they had a spread. It's a royal spread. Hmm? Yeah. Sixteen varieties. Uh, you know, some, some caterers say, Sir, we have thousand varieties, sir. Thousand variety banquet. Hmm? And of course, one fifteen hundred rupees only for a plate. That's a different, uh, um, what do you call as uh, economy? But it's we are not going to get into the details of it. He says a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. He gave a great supper and invited few. For ourselves. We, we suburb because our budget, no? We invite few. If you want to give a great supper, oh no, 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 We're only inviting so many because we have made a great supper, it should be sufficient for you. And he said this guy is a definitely a rich man, and he made a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who are invited, Come, for all things are now ready. Now, what did they say? But they all with one accord. Kya baat hai They are fantastic, Baba. They are in one accord. In as far as the world is concerned, they are in one accord. That's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. When as far as the world and the food and everything is concerned, one accord. When it comes to go and fight for the promised land, no, we are like grasshoppers. Our eyes and their eyes, both. They are giving analysis. in us, as- <laughs> Their own analysis and the enemy's analysis. What is the enemy thinking? It says in uh, Joshua chapter 2, Rahab says, when we heard of what your God did, our hearts were trembling. We were like grasshoppers before you. Before your God. And what are you saying? We are like grasshoppers before our enemy. That is the reason why, like, Pastor was saying, go and listen to what the enemy has to say about you. You see? Understand these things. These are all important. So what is this? They all with one accord began to make excuse. You know what the word excuse means? I want God and. That's what excuse means. The word for excuse, it's a para. Para, paracleto means the one who comes alongside of you. Okay, so I just want God and something alongside with me, with God in in my life. Okay, I want God and money. We'll come to that later on. The greatest enemy, therefore, is all these things. Therefore, he says, the first said to him, "I have bought a piece of ground. I must go and see it." <laughs> <laughs> please have me excused. Meaning, I want God and a piece of land. My goodness. You know, you all want, no, our piece of land. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I am going to test them. Okay? In other words, I just bought a fantastic tractor, John Addery, Alright, John Adri, I don't know. I'm, I'm an Indian fellow, so I'm pronouncing it in I'm crucifying the name. Okay. <laughs> John Adri. Okay, whatever. No. I want to test it. Or I bought a fantastic bike. I want to go on a test ride. You know, that's the reason why test rides are dangerous. No? Then they're free. If you go to Gachiboli, high-tech city, they they know your pay pack. Everybody knows. Okay. So when you you say, sir, you just call a showroom and say, what is the price of this car? What is the x Sir, wait, which office are you working, sir? We are coming with a test ride. BMWs, Porsche, anything. You name it and you can claim it. So test rides are very dangerous, okay? So because when you, once you tested it and tasted it, in other words, you want to have it. So he says, let me test it. Please excuse me. That is the word excuse. I want God and still another said, I have married a wife. <laughs> Therefore I cannot come. He didn't make excuse. He said, you know what? I want my wife only. Other said, excuse. We want God and this one, God and that one. This guy said, my wife. Finished. That's the reason why, you know, Paul says that time is short and those who are married should be very careful. Hmm? Look at what A.W. Tozer says in his book, The Pursuit of God. The evil habit of seeking God and. Okay? The evil habit. It's an evil habit. The evil habit of seeking God and effectively effectively prevents us from finding God in full revelation. Okay? If you want to effectively prevent yourself from knowing God, (laughs) seek God and. That is the reason why you cannot serve God and ah whatever mammon and uh, of course whatever you can put in the place of mammon. So what do they want? They are making excuses meaning they want God and. But you know what God says? Either you love me or you hate me. You know sir, that is the reason why it's only a love-hate relationship. Either you love the one and hate the other or hate the one, love the other. You remember, uh, Jacob had uh, two wives. Right? And it says, when God saw that Rachel was loved and ah, Leah was hated, he opened up her womb. I mean, it's a remarkable verse. That means a man is made only for one woman, basically. Okay, Polygamy is useless. It's dangerous. Because from the beginning it was one one man... One woman, the two forsake everything and they become one flesh. Forsaking all, we are made for one. And of course, it's a parable. This is it's a parable only of the permanent. Okay. This is only temper worry. This is temper and worry. Okay. <laughs> okay, but that is permanent. The evil habit of seeking God and effectively prevents us. That is Why do we don't have revelation? I'll tell you really one of the reasons why we don't have revelation God doesn't reveal himself to us is because God and that is the reason we turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2. Let's read from verses 1 to 6. <clears throat> okay. This is my son if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, what you treasure the most, okay, where your heart is, where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. <clears throat> in other words, in other words, he says, buy from me truth. That means you have to buy truth. So if you have money, sufficient money to buy something that you love, gadget or book, godly book, what would you prefer? It's a question. Just giving an example. And treasure my commands within you. See, have you ever seen that we don't have any problem for buying uh, clothes, but when it comes to buying books, can we get it downloaded for free? We are filthy downloaders. I'm not saying that... uh, uh, we should not get search of PDFs, etc and we don't have access to it when <laughs> I mean, we're not we don't have to ser- we, we should not search for it I'm not saying that but God sees our heart okay and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom apply your heart to understanding look at verse three yes if you cry out for discernment why you lift up your voice for understanding okay if you incline you see incline incline I told you no there are three kinds of angles there's right angle there's acute angle then there's obtuse angle this in other words acute angle interested angle right angle indifferent angle, obtuse angle relaxed angle and that means right angle means he he doesn't <laughs> he still has not made a decision, Godami is a pilli, gopi, we call him no, he's a cat on the wall, <laughs> he doesn't know where he's there i mean he's literally on the fence, and you know what. <laughs> <laughs> I like what Derek Prince says. No? When the Holy Spirit comes, he does one thing. He electrifies the fence. <laughs> so, he, you either fall on this side or you fall on that side. Nobody in between. <laughs> I, I like that. No? You, whenever the Holy Spirit comes, there is nobody who is indifferent. He electrifies the fence. So, all the fence sitters will <laughs> come on to this side or they will go on to that side. It, so, where are we? You see? He doesn't like indifferent people at all. Do you know that? He doesn't like. That is the reason why to the churches it is written, let he who has ears, let him hear. Ah, What the spirit of the Lord has to say to the churches, by the way. Churches. So, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, that's the reason why that woman who lost her coin, what does she do? Why she searches like anything? Think about it, no? If you if you lose that one gold, what will you do? On gold ring in your let's say you, you are playing football in a in a field and you lost your ring, lost your gold ring, what will you do? What is the weight of the gold ring, Baba? Five grams. Why are you searching for five grams? Five grams? You know how much it is worth? With a microscope, you will search. Literally go to every square centimeter of that uh, field to search for that 5 grams. But when it comes to the things of God, Pastor, (laughs) you teach, no? (sighs) See, that is the reason why, what are we doing over here? We are not teaching, I am just wetting your appetite, you see. Wetting, wetting, wetting. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, and verse 5, then you, who is that you? Anybody over here? Pastor? Teacher? Congregation member? Anybody? No. God has no partiality is what translation will say. Other translation will use the word God sees nobody's face. Is other that perspective of persons is what that's other translation. That God sees nobody's face only what he sees is a heart which is seeking after him then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We search for His, cry out, seek after, etc. Then, 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 then the evil habit of seeking God and will destroy this appetite. You see. Therefore Mark 10 was 18. <clears throat> Mark 10, was 18 onwards. No. So the so Jesus said to this young man, rich young ruler. He's rich, he's young, he's a ruler. What a combination. Bah, the most eligible bachelor in town. He is rich, he is young, he is a ruler, he's moral. Fantastic combination. He is rich, he is young, he is ruler, he is moral, and Jesus loves him. He is rich, he is young, he is a rule, he is a ruler, he is moral, Jesus loves him, but he doesn't love Jesus. That's remarkable. See, look at what it says. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. See, in, in, in the kingdom of God, which is better, righteous or good? Ah, that's basically Hmm. I'll show you. Turn with me to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 5. Not chapter 2. Chapter (coughs) 5. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Verse 7. 5 verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. That means, if you find a righteous man, please will you really die for this righteous man? No, 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 no. I will not die for this fellow because he puts me off. Yet perhaps for a good man, Someone will dare to die. That means, for a good man, someone will die. For a righteous man, nobody will die. So, who is better? <laughs> See, God's standards are different, Baba. So, this guy, he is rich, he is young, he is a ruler, he is righteous, he is moral, and Jesus loves him. Six things. But, one thing he lacks. He is not complete. He is not a complete man. <laughs> Romans will call him a complete man. But he is definitely not a complete man. You see. Why? Because all your righteous, ah, righteousnesses, it's, I love that word, no? It is just not righteousness. All the things that you think will complete you, in other words, is what? Fill the racks before God. It's a stench in his nostrils. It's an abomination. What is that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And it says, the Pharisees who were covetous were very upset. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's what I told you, no? Either you hate Jesus or you love Jesus, very few people will be indifferent. That's exactly exactly what should happen to you also. That's that should what should happen to me. Either you love me or you should hate me, very few people should be indifferent. I don't know about are You make up your mind now today. <laughs> he, that's how it has, it has to be. Either you love Jesus or you hated Jesus. Very few people will be indifferent. So one thing, verse 21. Okay, let's read. Verse 19. Verse 19, Mark Mark 10, verse 19. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear witness. do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Boy! Then Jesus, I don't know, character certificate also is fantastic. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, "One thing, one thing you lack. You want God, and go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor. Whatever you have, that could be anything. That could be anything." For for Moses, he forsook all that was in Egypt. Okay. Instead of indulging in himself, the passing pleasures of sin, what did he esteem? The reproaches of Christ was greater than the passing pleasures of sin, it says. For him. One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. That is me. Treasure in heaven is not mansion in heaven. What is the ultimate treasure in heaven? Oh, Christ himself. I, I'm telling you something. That the, he is the bank balance of heaven. Okay, the, He who has the son has life. The, he who has the money in, on this side of eternity has life. He is enjoying life, right? Because he's got a he's got Huh? One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come Take up your cross. Why? What is taking up your cross? If you desire to have your life, you will lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. Please follow me. And what happens to this guy? But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who are richest to enter into the kingdom of God. What does prosperity gospel preachers making? They are making people, for people to become get harder and harder to enter into the kingdom of God. This fellow, he should become so rich that he should not enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because they are, what, what are they seeking after? God and. God and. Okay. And look at the disciples, verse 24. Disciples were astonished. But Jesus answered again and said, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches. To enter into the kingdom of God. Okay. So, what is what distracts us is that one thing. What is that one thing? Wanting to have God, and whatever that God that and is. You can fill in the blank. God and money, God and possessions, God and relationships, which are not godly. Okay, etc. etc. You can put that and anything. Even as the Holy Spirit con- con- convicts you, you can put that. So. That is what steals your hunger for God. If you are full of riches, you will have very little hunger for God. Okay, that is the reason blessed are you who are dash for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you poor. Thank you. It's poor. Luke's Gospel chapter 6. You don't have to turn there. Blessed are you poor people. You are the kingdom of heaven. I'm telling you honestly, you know, it is a fact of the matter. If you are poor and if you have little, you are content, content with whatever lot you see, you will have a holy discontent for God and you will see that He is your ultimate treasure. You will, you will really have that. You know, that is the reason why we encourage periods of fasting, not feasting. Feasting is there, but fasting is better. Okay. Feasting for a few days, fasting for many days. Okay. Better, better. It's always good. So another. Things which distract our, which takes away the hunger for God. Let's go to Luke's Gospel chapter 10, verse 38 onwards. <clears throat> now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Okay, who welcomed? Martha welcomed. Mary did not. Okay, because this is something which is very clear over here. Okay, Martha welcomed. And she had a sister called Mary. Who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word, and then, but Martha was distracted with what? With much serving. You know, the word in Hebrew is very, uh, Greek is very interesting. Poly serving. Poly means what? Many. <laughs> many kinds of serving she was doing. <laughs> See, God will only ask you to do one kind of serving, <clears throat> not many serving. Like for example, if you go to a banquet in India, one fellow will be handling sambar. Okay, one fellow will ha- will be handling uh, 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 tam- tamarind rice. One fellow will be handling white rice. Hey, white rice? They'll call him mm? white rice. Please come here. So white rice, who's handling white rice, will come and serve white rice. Okay, nobody will be having two, two or three. Okay, unless of course you go to. Uh, Our hotels here in Hyderabad who have different kinds of uh, dishes in one bottle. No, no, no. Okay, one serving only. Okay, many serving, no. One thing only. Hmm? Lord, what she said, Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? About whom? About me first. (laughs) Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And then look at what Jesus says. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled. Two things. You are, three things actually, actually, you are distracted, you are worried, you are troubled. Everybody say that? Distractions, worries, troubles. What do they do? They take away your appetite for the hunger for God. Distractions, worries, troubles. Jesus answered and said to her, "Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. No, the word for trouble is of, like you know, like a like a ocean which is being tossed to and fro. It's what we call as a monkey mind. Yeah, okay, in Telugu, it's very interesting. Chittavrutti. Chittavruti means a monkey mind, a mind which is totally run, running here and there. It will never be constant. Have you, that's the reason why we call him Koti, You know." basically in in hyderabad also in in india are the fellows a quote, either you are a donkey or you are a monkey in in, in india <laughs> you know one pastor said no uh one man of god one one of his congregation members went to his went to the pastor and complaining about his wife pastor pastor telugu garden Okay. i married a donkey she said, he said, and immediately went to Deuteronomy chapter 18 and chapter 10 and he said, God says, don't put an ox and a donkey together. <laughs> Very clear. You should have a weird scripture. You got married to a donkey. So that's exactly what happens. They get married to donkeys and they come to pastors and eat their heads. Okay. So that's the reason the pastor keeps on saying, please don't get married to unbelievers. Don't get yoked to unbelievers. Very, very bitter pill. But it is true. No, it doesn't matter how great and fantastic he that person is. Still a donkey. <laughs> okay, with a monkey mind. <laughs> you see, that their, their mind is not stable at all. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him. Lord, Lord do you not care? Distractions, worries and troubles tossed about with many things. See, what do we worry about? First thing that we worry about is, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Actually, let's read verse 24 and then onwards, okay? No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will love, he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon so the word for serve actually i think i think i think it's latreia from which we get the uh, uh, word worship offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god for this is your reasonable act of worship or service serve okay serve god and so that's that's what i told you right so you cannot have god and, and now look at what it says in verse 25 onwards no verse 25 therefore so whenever you there is a therefore we should ask this question like Derek prince says why is it therefore okay Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What about your life? What you will eat, what you will drink, what, and not about your body. What will you put on? Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Do we do we really subscribe to this policy? Life is more than food. More. I you know one guy. <laughs> <laughs> who came to our uh, home, no? And uh, that day we had only vegetarian meal at our place. Okay, and generally my home, my to the consternation of my wife, much to the consternation of my wife, we have majorly vegetarian food. Okay, and once in a while we have non-vegetarian also. And uh, so this brother who came to our uh, came to our home, and uh, I it was, uh, and he said, uh, I said, my wife said, I'm so sorry, there's no special in my home. He said, no no, sister, once in a while vegetarian is good. I said, <laughs> once in a while vegetarian is good. No? But it should be the other way, no? Once in a while. For the wife was saying, every day, envy. What is envy? Non-veg. Not envy. Envy. Every day. Okay, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? No, let's go on. Worry, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they okay are you, are you have you seen the birds of the air? okay they don't worry, which of you now I like this the next thing so first first thing that you worry about is your basic needs in life. what shall you eat, what shall you drink, and what shall you wear? okay don't worry, he says. Don't worry. Look at the birds of the air; you'll be clothed. And look at this. No, all of us are fantastically clothed. No, all of us. No, we didn't have to spend a lot, lot actually for our clothing. For me, especially, I got so many gifts. They said, Pastor, we can't see you wearing all that same thing over and over again. See, so we take you. Take. I said, Thank you very much. I don't have to spend. You see, it's good. Don't have to worry about all these things. But the next worry is very dangerous. The first worry many people in, uh, in, uh, in GTC are uh, okay with. Second worry is, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Now this is the most important worry. See, what is stature? It's important. No? It says in uh, Luke's Gospel chapter 2, Jesus grew in Wisdom and stature. That stature you ought to be worried about. What is that? The stature like Jesus. Look at Jesus as, Jesus at 12 years old. What was he saying? Should I not be about my father's business? That means right from the time he was 12 years old, he had an acute awareness of his purpose and will of God in his life. That is how he grew. See, but what what do people grow in? I'll show you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 onwards. What should we be worried about? And he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? Till we all come to the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God to a complete or a perfect man or a mature man, huh, to the fullness of the stature of the to the to the, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is what should we grow? Our state we have to be worried about what kind of a growth we have in as far as Christ in us is there. No, it is Christ in you who is the hope of our glory. That one we should be worried in. We should not be, we should not be worried about the stature in this world. Our status in this world. No. That we should not, that should not be our worry. Whether I'm growing in Christ or not, it should be our worry. Okay. And then, verse, verse, that we should be no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitfulness plot, deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, that is, christ that means what should we grow in we should grow in our headship in other words christ is our head in other words more and more of areas in our lives should come under the authority of christ that's what it means that is what growing in stature means but what happens in many cases people grow in the knowledge of the word but they don't grow in the stature of christ you know aw tozer made another powerful statement okay just chew on it The modern scientist has lost God amid the wonders of his world. The modern scientist has lost God among the wonders of his world. Who created the world? This is my father's world. That's what we sing that song, right? My father's world. The modern scientist has lost God amid the wonders of his world. We Christians are in real danger of losing God amid the wonders of his world. I'm... just, just 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 chew on it, okay. the modern scientist has lost God in the wonders of his world, and we Christians have lost God in the wonders of his word. money we have a lot of knowledge of the Word of God, but very little knowledge of him. you see remember what Jesus said? you search the scriptures because you in 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 it you think you have eternal life, but you do not come to me. That means everything that is there in the scriptures is talking about me. But you don't grow in the Lord. You have not grown in your knowledge of me, but you have a lot of knowledge about the word of God. Look at what it says in Ezekiel chapter 33. And verse 30 to 33 onwards. If you can put it in the message translation, it will be great. Okay? Message translation. Okay? Are we there? As for you, son of man, you've become Quite the talk of the town. Who's become quite the talk of the town? The prophet. Very famous. You've grown in stature. Hmm? Your people meet on street corners and in front of their houses and say, let's go hear the latest news from God. They show up as people tend to do and sit in your company. They listen to you speak, but don't do a thing you say. (laughs) They flatter you with compliments. But all they care about is making money and getting ahead. Okay, What, is, what do they want to grow? They want to grow, grow in stature into this, in this world but not grow in the stature of the measure of Christ. Meaning, I want to use all godly principles as to how, be, how to become prosperous in this world. To them, you are merely entertainment. A country singer of sad love songs playing a guitar. They love to hear you talk but nothing comes from it. But when all this happens, and it is going to happen, they'll realize that a prophet was among them. You see? This is dangerous. That is the reason why we listen to the word of God and if you don't grow in the knowledge of God, what are we worried about? Stature. Our progress in our company. But we are not worried about our stature and our progress in the kingdom of God. Four areas. Luke's Gospel chapter 5 verse 52. Okay. Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 52. 52. So, 50 and 50, 50, 50, and one, I think. Luke's, oh, not chapter 2. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 52. 252. 252, yeah, yeah. Jesus matured. Okay. Uh, which, which translation is this? I say, no, no, no. You put, go back in NKJV, okay? Yeah. And Jesus increased or grew in wisdom. Or what should we grow in? Wisdom. Not wisdom of this world. Wisdom from God. In stature. The full measure of the knowledge of Christ. In favor with God and in favor with man. Four. In your relationship with God and in your relationship with your brothers and sisters. All four areas you should grow. That you should be worried about. Okay. Turn to Exodus chapter 33 verse 12. Onwards. Okay. This is the prayer of who? The great man, Moses, no? If you want to, uh, if you want to, if you want to put Moses' life in one sentence, you know what it will be? Show me your glory. That's it. That's his life sentence. Look at what it says in verse 12 onwards. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you said to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know what you will send me with, well, you, whom you will send, uh, send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace or favor in my sight. Okay, then go on. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your ways. That I may know you, that I may find. You see, if I have found grace, show me your ways, so that I find, so that I can find, what more grace grow in the grace and in the knowledge of jesus christ so how do i grow in grace first i should know his way so that i can grow more in grace okay and then he says that i might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people and he said my presence will go with you and i will give you rest no moses is still not satisfied look at what it says in verse 15 and he said to them if your presence does not go with me do not bring us up from here okay fine Then verse 16, and how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us. So we shall be separate, your people and I, for from all the people who are on the face of the earth, and then go on. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, he didn't stop there, please show me your glory. You see see how this man is, this is what we call as an insatiable appetite for God. Lord, if I found grace, I want to know more. After giving him more, Lord, I want to find more grace. Please show me more. Please let your presence go with us. Okay. Lord, a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more. Inka, 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 inka. You know, once more, once more, once more. You know what? My daughter, she loves to do the jumping exercise with me. She gets excited, excited, excited. After a while, I get so tired. I said, Jesse, it may be enough, right? No, one more, once more, once more, once more, once more. One more, a little more. Finally, I have to put her on my head and make her run around. She's what? Eight years old now. You see? No, they're not satisfied. See, insatiable appetite. Of his fullness, we have received what? Grace upon grace. which so is freely available to us. Moses can only hope for it. So, we should be worried about our stature. Next. Next worry. Verse 28 to 29 of Matthew chapter 6. Okay. So, uh, Matthew chapter 6, yeah. 28 to 29. 28 onwards, okay. 28 to 30. So, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow? they neither... Toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Okay. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of what? Little faith. <coughs> that means if you worry about all these things, what are you, what do you have? Little faith. Now in, in English uh, grammar is, if you have a little means you have very little. If you have little faith, he has a little interest. Meaning what? He has little interest in the things of God. What does it mean? <coughs> if I make a statement, he has a little interest in things of God means koncham interest. He has little interest in the things of God means no interest. Thank you very much. That is English grammar. That's what I learned from Abigail's uh, English thesis, No, If you have a little, meaning it's a definite okay, or, or, or an article. A little means you have Kuncham interest in the things of God. If you have little interest in the things of God, means what? You have no interest at all. O you have uh, a little faith means you have no faith at all. How does faith come? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. What will be tested? No, 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 no. What your faith will be tested. So think about it. No. What will? What should you have? You have to have faith. If you are worrying about all this, what you don't have. You don't have faith. (coughs) So what? how does faith come from? From hearing the word of God. Now, what will be tested? Faith. So do you have faith? If you are worrying about all this? No. What do you have then? Uh, I'll show you. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 6. Okay? (laughs) I'll exactly show you. See, because the tested genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than what? What is it compared to? Gold. That means, the... Gold, perishes. It is much more precious than gold. That means the best metal that can compare itself to faith is gold, Baba. Okay, that's what it means. Okay. Now, what is this? What is the metal that you have? Is a question. Don't do Jeremiah chapter six. And if you can put it in NIV, it'll be great. Verse twenty-seven onwards. <clears throat> I have made you a tester of metals. <laughs> to whom does he say? <laughs> to the prophet. He's saying, I have made you prophet, a tester of metals, prophet. I have made you the tester of metals and my people are the ore. You know what ore means, right? Okay, ore. That you may observe and test their ways. They are hardened rebels going about to slander. They are bronze and iron. They all act corruptly. So what do I do? Next verse. The billows blow fiercely. Meaning what, what happens to the fellow who tests metals, right? He puts it through the fire and he melts it. What comes out is lead. So he what does he do? He takes away the dross and he puts it out. out I mean, he just pushes this out and he gets the pure metal out. Now, what is happening? He's trying to look for that metal. He's pushing and pushing. What is there? Only dross. No metal at all. The billows blow fiercely to burn away the lead with fire, but the refining goes on in vain. I'm refining you and refining you and refining you to see if there is faith, but there's no faith. And the wicked are not purged out. They are called rejected silver. Because the Lord has rejected them. You see? You see how? You know, in Isaiah he makes an even more powerful statement. He says, your silver has become dross Powerful statements. What has happened to your silver? Silver means faith. You have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. That is silver. Okay? And what should be tested in your life? Your faith is tested. And you know, Prophet God is saying, Prophet, I made you into a tester of metals. And my people are the or they've been listening to you, know? At least some faith should have come. But I'm looking there. There is no faith at all. What are they worried about? They're worried about what to eat, what to wear on, what wear, and what should you drink. That's all they're worried about. They're what worried about what? they're worried about things that I give freely to my children. And they're not worried about the things that which increase faith, and therefore they have become what silver? Rejected silver. If you can put it as a message, it'll be even more hard hitting. Same chapter six, verse twenty-seven to thirteen. Matter in uh, message. Yeah. Just type message and he'll enter it. Okay. Refining fires are cranked up to white heat. But the ore stays a lump. Unchanged. It's useless to keep trying any longer. Nothing can refine evil out of them. Men will give up and call them slag. Thrown on the slag heap by me. They are God. They are slag. The children, your silver has become crossed. There is no silver. There is no silver. I have searched for silver. There is no silver. That is the reason why we are very very careful what gospel you are listening to. That is the reason why Jesus said, be careful what you hear and be careful how you hear. Why? If you turn with me to Mark's gospel chapter 4, Mark's gospel chapter 4 and I put, yeah, verse 18 to 19, 18 to 19, Mark's gospel chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, yeah. The seed cast in weeds, okay, this is again message, put it it back in NKJV, okay? Okay, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enters and chokes the word and they become unfruitful. You know what? Their silver has become rejected silver. So even if I test it, Nothing is there. In other words, I can send you after test after test after test after test, trial after trial, trouble after trouble, but nothing is refining you because there is no silver at all. Instead of you have little faith. Understand this. So let's go on. What is the next thing that distracts and uh, that we are worried about? Let's go back to verse 31 of um, Matthew chapter 6. Hmm? Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Hmm? Verse 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Okay, That is the reason why one man of God said, if you are hungry after success, if you are concerned about world, about all the things of the world, sooner or later, you will find a man who is interested in nothing of these things and you will know how empty you are. Okay. You are worried about success, you are worried about money and you are more and more after running after money, running after success, running after promotion and you will find one guy who is not interested in any of these things and you will say, Baba, what an empty person I was. You know, Haman and Mordecai, Mordecai was not interested in any of these things. He, they put him on the horse and they made him run around the city. He came back to his place again. After all that honor, he came back to his place and he never left the place that God put him. So, next verse, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Second, next thing that we are worried about is what will happen tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Let's go to James chapter 4, please. And verse 13. James chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, (laughs) we will go to such and such a city and spend a year, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So what is he saying? Are we supposed not to make plans? No. Are you not supposed to know, not, not plan for tomorrow? No, look at what it says in verse 15. Instead you ought to say, if the, no tell me, what should we worried about therefore? We should not be worried about tomorrow, we should be worried about knowing the, knowing the will of God, we should be worried about that. That we should be worried about. See? Understand? Understand? What should we be worried about? We should be worried not about what will we do tomorrow, but we should be worried about what is the will of God for my life? You see that? John's Gospel chapter 4 verse 31 In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. Yeah? But he said to him, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And then Verse 33, therefore the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? And verse 34, Jesus said to him, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you know the will of God for your life? It's a question. The will of God is that no soul should perish. So are you worried about his souls? Lord, if he doesn't know Jesus as his Lord and Savior, what will happen to him tomorrow? Are you worried about that? Tomorrow, if he dies, will he go to heaven or hell? Are you worried about that? That is a will of God that no flesh—I mean, no soul—should perish. It is a will of God that we should give what thanks at all times. Third, it is a will of God that we should be sanctified and be set apart for Him. It is a will of God that we should find His will. <laughs> it is a will of God that we should find His will. If anyone wills to do His will, you see that. So, what should we do? efficiency 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 chapter 5 verse 15 efficiency chapter 5 verse 15 and 16 mhm on onwards see that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil and therefore therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is you need to find out find out that it is the will of god that we should find The will of God for our lives. First Peter chapter 4. Verse 5. Sorry, verses 1 and 2. Not 5. Verse 1 and 2. Yeah? First Peter chapter 4. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And then, and no longer that we should live the rest of the time in the flesh of in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. We should find the will of God. And do the will of God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplications, make your request known unto God. And the peace of God. So what is the one thing which steals your hunger is anxiety. Psalm 139. And the last three verses. Psalm 139. Yeah, yes, one, 23 onwards, yes. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. you say that? Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. It, actually, if, uh, if you put it in ESP, it's very interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at what it says. Is anxious thought is in K- KJV? Oh, yeah, yeah. NKJV. Huh? Okay, put in NKJV. Search me. Search me, O God, and know my, my heart. Try me and know my anxieties or anxious thoughts. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. So in one translation, you'll, you'll use the word anxious thoughts. Okay? Anxious thoughts. So what should we do? Which one? NIV. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my Anxious thoughts. We have anxious thoughts, we have wicked thoughts. Wicked thoughts harbor in us. Lodge in us. Jeremiah chapter 4. Okay, they are lodgers. They are tenants who rent free. Okay. Alright. I remember, no? How these tenants come. Anxious thoughts. The anxiety. They come and nicely their rent takes space in your mind. They are like birds, like pigeons in my home see, what, what we did, as the AC went, no? The AC thing. Right there they come, every day they make that nest over there. Every day I chase them out. I clean up the nest that they made and every day they come back there. So what should I do? Change my home. That's what people have to do. If the tenants are coming, very difficult to take tenants out of your home. You know that? My parents now, they rented their home sometime back in that place, that place that they're living right now. Before they, before they retired, they were sending it to some, uh, what is that guy? He's a, uh, Tiffin center, no? Curry, curry maker. What do you, what do you call? Curry center. Mm, curry Point, yes. One Curry Point. That fellow gave the least money and messed up the whole home. You know how Curry Point people use the home? Messed up. He just The flooring became horrible. That walls were dirty. And how much rent he was paying two thousand five hundred. My parents were, you know, what we they didn't didn't force rent out of rent out of that fellow. And when we asked him to leave, that fellow don't leave. He's there. There are tenants who rent space and they don't want to empty it now. So what should we do? Increase the rent. That means if you want rent space in my mind, you have to pay a lot of rent. But even that is not possible. Change the home. <laughs> Buy a new house. Therefore he says, if you, if you have been, if you have been raised with Christ Jesus, set your heart and your mind on things about, not on things about. anxious thoughts, my dear brothers and sisters. Anxious thoughts. Anxieties are there, no? What will happen to my daughter? Whom will she get married to? No. Think about it. Oh, their children's parents' concern right from the time she is, she is born. Whom will she get married to? That's what my father said. Tata, I am going into full-time ministry. Vijay, you have two daughters. They have to get married. I said, I am not worried about them. My God is worried. I don't have to be worried about my daughters. What will happen to you? Two daughters. Don't have to be worried. Anxious thoughts. What will happen tomorrow? Forget about it. Today sufficient is the evil for today. Let's go back to uh James chapter 4. Chapter 4. Look at what it says in verse um, yeah. For 15 and 16. 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this and that. If the Lord wills, we shall what? It means life is also not guaranteed. <laughs> if the Lord wills, I will live. And if I live, I will do this and that. And as long as I live, I want to do the what? The will of God. I should find the will of God for my life and not waste my time on something which is not the will of God. Okay, and verse 16, 17. Yeah, but now your boasting is arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is what? Sin. That means, if you know the revealed will of God and if you are not doing it, what is it? Sin. If you turn with me to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Okay, let me ask you this question. What is the first, who committed the first sin in uh, the garden? Eve. Peter says Eve Sam says, Adam, on an average we are fine. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you who who committed the first sin. First sin in the in the garden. It is not Eve, it is Adam. And it is not the sin of commission, it is a sin of omission. Look at what it says. The Lord took man and put in put him in the garden of Eden to tend it. That means to till it, till, till, okay? That is the word is Abad means to worship God through his work and not to find fulfillment in his work and to mean guard it. I have given authority for you to guard it means you should be very careful who intrudes into the garden. Okay. If anybody intrudes into the garden, whom I, whom I'm, who's going to give an account for it? You. Therefore he doesn't go to Eve. He goes to Adam. How did you even allow Satan to come inside? How did he come? How did that fellow come inside? You were supposed to protect the garden, you were supposed to tend it, and you were supposed to keep it. That is the reason why pastor preached that message, you know, passive men destroy homes. What was he doing? He was guilty of the sin of omission and not a sin of commission, my dear brothers. What was the will of God for him? Tend it, keep it. No, 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 we want to know other will of God, good and evil. Hello? Tend it. Keep it. Guard it. It was your job. That is the reason why there were, there were five, five, six, seven churches. No, Ephesus, Smyrna, Thyatira, Pergamum, Sardis, Philadelphia, La- La- Laodicea. No. Ephesus, Ephesus, Ephesus lost his first love. Smyrna had a good report. Pergamum and uh, Thyatira they had a very, very interesting what you call indictment. You, what? Allowed you suffered that Jezebel to preach or to, to teach. That means you are an angel, that means angel, the pastor, who's supposed to guard the pulpit and not allow any false doctrine to come into the church. And what did you do? You allowed the doctrine of Balaam. You allowed the doctrine of Jezebel. You allowed. You suffered. That is the reason why pastor keeps saying, no, this pulpit has to be guarded. <laughs> I will check everybody's life and doctrine. (laughs) Whoever comes behind. Because he says in in Acts chapter 20 he says, after I leave, who will come? Savage wolves will come not sparing the flock. Who will carry away disciples after themselves. But what did I do? For three and a half years with tears, I preached the good, the bad and the ugly of the gospel. And nobody's blood is on, on my hands. You allowed, you allowed. See, Paul was an uncompromising, tough man. He says, "I'm not going to allow anybody to defile the pulpit with wrong doctrine." You allowed. It is a sin of omission, my dear brothers. And so, who's guilty in the Garden of Eden? Adam. So, who's you know who's got the greatest responsibility on earth is a man. It's very difficult to be a man. I'm not saying it's not difficult to be a woman. (laughs) It is difficult to be a man. (laughs) I'm I'm not even putting any subjective things. I'm saying it's not easy. It, It took God to be a man. So you can imagine. It took God to be a man. And he would not allow. He says, you know what? I have to go and suffer in Jerusalem and everybody will forsake me. Lord, it should not happen to you. Get thee behind. Satan. You are not mindful about the things of God, but the things of man. Immediately not allow any false doctrine to come and hinder the way of the cross. So, anxious thoughts, anxieties about tomorrow. This morning therefore, what is stealing your hunger for God? It is God and Is it God and uh, food, clothing? God and stature in this world? God and anxious thoughts about tomorrow. And a lot of young people will get a job after having studied so much will have jobs at all. Don't worry, study. God will find a job for you. What did I say? Mm, God will find a job for you. Whom whom should I get married to? God will find a match for you. And that match Will be a match of all match. It will be fixed by God, okay? (laughs) He is the perfect match fixer, Baba. Okay. Don't waste your life doing your own match fixing. Okay. You need to understand that. All young people have warned this. Don't waste your life doing your own match fixing. He will fix. After that, whether he fixes or unfixes, if if he tells like Jeremiah, Jeremiah, for you don't get married, even more fantastic. Jeremiah chapter sixteen. For you, Jeremiah, no marriage. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a huge thing during Jeremiah's days. In fact, those days, if a man did not get married, it was committed. It was supposed to be a sin because it is imperative that a man should continue the line of his father. He has to do it, and if he doesn't do it, it's a sin for him. You remember what happened to Judah's sons? They were killed. And to that, he says, Jeremiah, for you, no marriage. So, God is the ultimate match fixer. Okay. So, if he fixes, that's perfect. Perfect. And if he gives you a job, it will be the perfect job for you. You may not get a lot of salary. But contentment with godliness is great gain. Okay. Great gain. So, this one, this the title of today's teaching is Holy Discontentment. Got it. Got it. Let no one steal it. Holy Discontentment. Got it. Because there are so many other appetites which are looking for your attention. Say Lord, none of these Lord. First Timothy chapter 4 and we will stop. Verses 14 to 16. Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy. With the laying on of hands of the eldership meditate on all these things. Very important. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. There is sitting, there is walking and there is standing. The sit, walk, stand. But it's totally a reverse order. Who stands in the way of sinners Okay, sorry. walks in the way of sinners sits in the seat of the stands in the, what is it? Walks in the way of the ungodly stands in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of the scornful. But you know, in the Christian life it is totally reverse. Sit Seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Okay. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that we should walk in them. And then finally, we should stand against the enemy. Meditate on these things. Give yourselves entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. You give yourselves what? I love this. Give yourselves entirely. That means every part of your faculty, of your mind, soul, and body. Lord, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. For here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and He is making you one. Okay, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing so, you will save both yourself and to those who hear you. So this morning, Lord, if you don't have a holy discontentment, ask God to create that first. Create in me a hunger for you, Lord. For your word says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness and they will be filled. And your word says, seek ye. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. That means you only seek him, God will add. You don't seek God and only God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. I pray, Father, that you we have been sufficiently challenged, all of us. Father, to to seek you with all of our heart and not to seek God and. Grant us grace to that and we pray. Be with us through this day. Cause us to walk in your ways. Let not the enemy come and steal the words that you have sown into our hearts in all these days of teaching, O Lord. Let us not become those like in Ezekiel's time, O Lord, Father, who say, let us come and hear the word of God. But they hear and they do nothing, but their hearts is after their own gain. O Lord, let it not be said about us, O Lord, that we sought our own gain and we have not sought your kingdom. Create in us that holy desire. Thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray, and all God's children said, Amen.